All right, welcome back, episode eight. Sorry we, we uh, missed a week. We've been working on some stuff that we are going to be releasing for you guys here soon, some in-depth things that we're really excited about, but unfortunately, we missed a week. So the topic of today is going to be fear-based training, how it's become an overall theme in college baseball that coaches are sometimes designing work around not striking out, around not leaving guys on base. It's pretty much centered around avoiding failure. And there are there are some things wrong with that, and we're gonna kind of dive into that today. So, yeah, and for starters, this isn't aimed at anybody in particular. It's just that doing what we do, we get a lot of feedback. We talk to a lot of people, uh, both of us do, mm-hmm. and whenever there's common threads that start to appear, we yeah we want to talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we appreciate the feedback, but just know this isn't directed at you because it's not directed at anybody specifically important to point that out it's huge please listen to us when he says that yeah because it's amazing everybody when i first started this in like 2012 everybody locally assumed that oh he's talking about me and that was you got a lot of that too yeah that wasn't that wasn't good for you guys back then just starting your careers you know in high school yeah but there's two ways of coming about this um, coming at this thing. One, there's the mindset of the player. And then there's two, the mindset of the coaching staff. Um, we're going to examine the mindset that happens when the focus becomes, hey, don't do this, don't strike out, uh, because there's a lot of risk in that. But we want to give the players the tools to navigate it, because as much as we'd like coaches to adopt the philosophies that we're doing here, you can't count on it, and it puts you in a weak position if you need it. Um, but we're also going to examine that mindset in hopes of maybe reaching some coaches, you know, and keep them from uh, pressing that panic button and getting super defensive yep. with the offense. Yep. So, I mean, I've been on both sides of that spectrum, right? Played college baseball for four different schools over five years. Early on in my career, I played for a coach that – as soon as we struggled in the spring, he was like, if you guys don't start swinging it, I'm going to lose my job, tearing up, freaking crying. Like, so I've been on the worst possible <laughs> side of that spectrum. Then I've played for the other end, Southeastern, where our coaches, it didn't matter if we were down six runs late in the game. They didn't panic. They're like, all right, let's see what you guys are made of here. Go ahead and do your thing. And it just... So it's, it's very interesting. I've seen both sides of it, and it's amazing how much more constructive and fun it is to play for a staff who doesn't press the panic button on you. Well, what you're describing is trust, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's late in the game. It's very rare for Southeastern to ever even lose a game, right? Mm-hmm. It happens a handful of times a year, um, but it's trust. You know, that's, and to me, you don't have to have a lineup like Southeastern to trust your guys, and to convey that feeling that, hey, I've got you because I know you've got me. Mm-hmm. But we've entered into that era where there's a lot of impatience. Everybody wants it now. Uh, guys are jumping ship, both coaches and players. Uh, and ev- everybody wants it now. But even if, as a coach, and I'm speaking to coaches now, even if you're planning on making changes, personnel changes, like at the semester or whatever, they're still your guys now. And letting them know 
um, not just with words, but also through your actions, that you trust them, that's never a bad thing. I mean, in any endeavor, it's not just in coaching, it's not just in baseball. When you, as the leader, when you believe in your people and you let them know that you trust them, uh, you're going to get you're going to get the best they've got. Right. Versus the other way, when you start stomping your feet and breaking bad on them, I, I mean, how about the conflict between you know the guys that are teaching process over outcome, right? In that scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's let's dive into the mindset of a coach and try to get it from from his perspective here, like. So I dipped my toes in college baseball for a semester. You coached college baseball as well. Um, what I noticed is with, in particularly, a lot of young coaches who just got done playing, right? They know in the back of their heads what they wanted their coaches to do and how they wanted them to handle stuff when shit was breaking bad offensively, right? They know what they wish their coaches would have done or they know what it looked like when their coach did it right. But unfortunately, as these players trans like move into the coaching world, they sometimes lose that filter, those 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 thoughts and that idea of what it was like to be a player. And I think it's important that you maintain that. But as you move on into being a coach, it's like for for a lot of guys, they have an idea as to what they want to be like as a coach, whether it's someone they modeled, someone a coach that they played underneath. Everybody's got an idea as to what a coach is supposed to look like and how they're supposed to behave and carry themselves. And unfortunately, a lot of coaches, when stuff breaks bad, and not only do they sometimes feel insecure about themselves and maybe they didn't, they didn't bring in the right guys, but they think that they immediately got to jump to Johnny Hardass who lights their guys up and they're expecting that to somehow give them a different result than what they experienced as a player. Cause I don't care what anybody says. No team performs well under fear. It just doesn't work. No. And I think that scenario that you describe is, is super difficult for a guy who he was a player last year. And now with the same group of guys, he's supposed to be a coach. That's tough. Right. Because it's so easy to look back and now I'm a coach and I'm supposed to act like a coach, but I still feel like I'm a kid. Um, so they put the coach hat on. And that's some version of a coach that they've had before that they start to emulate because they think that's what they've got to do. Right. And we've all done this in different parts of our lives, whether we've coached or, or not. We find ourselves in situations that are new and we think we're supposed to be a certain way. And it causes a lot of pain because eventually at some point you're going to come back and realize that shit, I've just got to be me, man. I've got to be comfortable in my own skin. And for those guys who are young, like just be you because there's no quicker way of, of like losing the guys than being inauthentic. The moment you start being, uh, that guy who's trying to be somebody else, like those guys, they're 18 to 22. They're bullshit detectors, like so dialed in. That's yeah, off the charts. And it just doesn't work, man. Yeah, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it where a guy was one of our guys, one of our infielders, and then he's a coach the next year, and he tries being a hard ass one day at practice, just totally flips that switch. And like you said, it's that is a one-way ticket to losing all respect from all, not only your former teammates, but from all the players in general. Because that's 
one thing that guys will talk about. They'll be like, dude, who, who the hell is this guy? And you're like, oh, okay. So now he's a big coach guy now. So now he's going to treat us like shit. You know, it's, it's, it's not good. So that's the mindset of a coach, right? And, you know, going back to, you know, that whole concept of Southeastern, like, I feel like coaches would be a lot better off if they did some more digging and found a way to figure out what gets each one of their hitters right. You know, because we all have different feels. We all have different things that get us right, not only as hitters, but as players in general. So, Obviously, if you're wanting to implement hard work, if your guys are struggling offensively, if you flip that switch to doing all your, you know, extra work stuff in practice, it's like high velo, all that shit, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you if you take the approach of, okay, we have way too many strikeouts, so we're going to make this as hard as fucking possible. So you guys face something more difficult. And then when you get in the game, it should be easier. But it's all to avoid strikeouts, right? It's just the most... Nobody can function that way. And if, and if you can flip that switch and be like, okay, what do we got to do to get you guys right? Because like you said, they're 18 to 23. Not, not only is their bullshit meter off the charts, but most of those guys know themselves. They like know how they operate. They know what's going on in their head and they know, most of them know what they got to do to get right. But unfortunately, a lot of coaches in that scenario don't ask. No, and they react you know, they mm-hmm. react. And so the answer is to make it super hard. And I'm okay with that, that philosophy of, of making the, the tasks super challenging in order to make the game look easier. As long as the approach, the philosophy is okay, here's what we're doing, guys, we're going to pick it up like a motherfucker and look to mash against the super hard task. Because when the focus is not striking out, you take hitting, which is something we all know how to do. We all know how to be on time. We all know how to maintain good direction. And we've done it so many times, thousands of times, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of times, that when we're going right, it doesn't matter what the count is. It doesn't matter what the pitch is it becomes subconscious. Hitting a baseball is subconscious as long as we're free and we're picking it up like a motherfucker. And that's what happens when we get in those moments when we're on fire. But the moment uh, an outside factor says, okay, we're striking out too much. So now that hitter is in a two-strike situation and boom, all of a sudden that thought enters his mind. Now, instead of being a subconscious thing where he's just free and bold now he's conscious in the batter's box. Okay, what was it I'm supposed to do? We did all this. Okay, what do I got it? Now he's up there taking a subconscious task and making it conscious. Subconscious is like flow state shit. Mm-hmm. We're a motherfucker. We don't care. Well, now don't strike out, don't strike out, don't strike out. That's conscious. And we can't hit when we're trying to perform that consciously. That it doesn't is, work. That is so freaking profound, dude. And I feel like for, for guys that are listening to us to this, that'll put that in a different perspective and kind of give them an idea as to what's really going on in their head when, when they are struggling. I get messages all the time. How do I stop overthinking? How do I stop overthinking? Right? Because they just can't get their brains to fucking slow down in the box. Well, when you put it that way, where now they can think, okay, 
when I'm mashing, when I'm on fire and people ask me what, what pitch it was or what did I do differently, I have no idea. Like, oh, I don't know what pitch I hit because you're, it's, it's subconscious. You're on fire. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? You're, you're, yeah. You get asked that and you're like, wait a minute, he's throwing different pitches. Exactly. Like they, they all just look like fucking beach balls to me. Yeah. That is a, that is a perfect way of explaining it. And I haven't heard that, which was really cool. Hitting is a subconscious thing. And the more you implement fear and those thoughts of, Hey, I can't strike out or, Hey, I can't, I can't look selfish here by striking out that, that turns hitting into something that, that is totally conscious that can lead to us getting in our own way in the box. Yeah. And when do panic strikeout measures ever actually work? None. Mm -hmm. Just like panic measures. You can see when a team in pregame BP, they roll into town and they've got all these dudes in their t on their team, and you know who some of them are. And then you watch them take BP, and they've got some dude behind them who's barking at them, you know, and they're all trying to guide the barrel in a hit-and-run situation, for example. And they're all getting sawed off because they're guiding it, guiding it, guiding it. Well, that's because now, instead of just subconsciously being free, letting it be what it is, because we all know how to do it subconsciously. Now it's a very conscious task. Jackass back here is just chirping everybody, right? Mm -hmm. And you can see that team just shrink. They all start tapping far less potential. They're thinking through everything. And they're hating life. And you can tell. The energy shit. Well, Carlton Fisk, when he was our volunteer assistant, like his mindset was, okay, it's a hit and run. Your sole job as a hitter is to hit a fucking piss rocket as hard as you can, no matter where it's at. His thing was, it takes all the pressure off. It doesn't matter where it's at. You know, of course, you don't want to dump the barrel drop and try to elevate, but stick your face on one, hit it as hard as you can. Then the whole task goes back to being subconscious, and we're hitting piss rockets even in situational BP because of the mindset that drives that. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, 100%. It's a different game when you're picking up the foot like that, even in situational hitting. Yep. Because hitting is a subconscious thing, but it's not just like you go in there and you just stop thinking altogether. It's, it's like you have a firm belief that, that you are that guy, right? And it doesn't matter what the outcome is. You are that guy, and all you can control is, pick, is picking that foot up like a motherfucker and looking to do damage because you know I've been on both sides of that I've been the guy that's overthinking my way into a hole and going over seven with seven strikeouts at Vincennes at mm -hmm. Hartley Community College I mean that was a joke bad arms and I just got myself out over and over again and you kicked it around a little bit too yeah it was a bad it was a bad one yep and then I came home and I'm like I'm done I'm not playing no more and you walk brought me in the other room like all right sit down and I, I won't go into the rest of it, but I didn't quit. Let's just say that. Um, point is, like, I found my way back to where I needed to be. And it wasn't, it was just because I just found that belief and I found that bite. And I realized that I had lost that competitive bite to, to try to shove it up guys' asses for three years of my life. Not, not, not only in the game, but in, in life in general. I just lost that competitive bite on the field. And then when I found it again, I'm like, all right, yeah, I just... I didn't have it for three years, but I have time. You know, like, let's fix it right now. Let's go. 
And it was, it was all the difference. Because you cannot play this game out of fear. The game rewards total freedom and boldness and a level of fuck you that you can only find when you have that level of certainty. And that's when, that, and that's when it goes back to being a subconscious task. Right. Because we know how to do it. Man, we've done it so many times. But when you introduce that outside influence of, oh, don't strike out, don't strike out, fight it off, fight it off. Now, all of a sudden, guys are just in a completely different place. And, and none of us, it's too hard of a task to do that consciously. Now, you said you're not just not thinking altogether. Right. You got to have a, a plan and approach. This guy might be throwing backwards, uh, pitching guys backwards. But once you step into that batter's box, it's cocked up, picking it up like a motherfucker. Whatever your approach is, that's it. But that's it. Trying to literally destroy a baseball. That's all it is. Because all that other stuff just gets in the way. Mm -hmm. It's a complete pattern interrupt. And some of the stuff these guys are, you know, asking hitters to do... um, to me, it's, it's a slippery slope, and it's all well-intentioned. But I think people just don't understand um, how much mindset really plays into it. And it could easily, somebody, there's some percentage of guys out there right now that are listening to us talk about situational hitting and just doing our thing. You know, like it's selfish. It's not selfish. We're talking about the mindset that guys need to produce the outcome that the team needs. Right. And the mindset has to be pick it up like a motherfucker, no matter, so that you can produce the outcome. That's a, that's a big distinction. Oh, yeah. We're not telling guys to, to be selfish dicks. We just have been doing this long enough to understand the mindset that drives the ability to perform at that task. Yeah. And it is what it is. And guys need to hear it. That cannot get lost in translation. Like, we, we have to make that clear. I hope guys understand that. Because nothing that we do or that we teach or that the, the principles that we're trying to implement with these guys, it's not about you being a me guy. It's about you giving everybody else your fucking best at all times, on the field, off the field. Because we all have to be right mentally. We all have to go up there thinking, I'm going to shove it up somebody's ass and perform to get these outcomes for these guys because I want to win. It's not because it's not all selfish. It's not, I just need to, these guys got to understand, man. Like yeah, everything we're doing is to get them the outcomes that their coaches want because what do coaches want? Runs, wins, barrels. That's what they want. But going at it from a, from a place of fear, a place of uncertainty, being defensive, it never, ever, ever works. Ever. That's the bottom line. And as a player, you have to have your tools, your pathway back to certainty to produce the outcomes. Because if you don't produce the outcomes, you're not going to be around long. Yep. Okay, so that's a fear-based philosophy. But the fact of the matter is that's the way it is right now. So, yes, we're looking for a ground ball and a hit and run. But if you're standing up there super defensive, trying to guide the barrel to produce a ground ball, are you going to produce the ground ball that your team needs? No, not with that mindset. You've got to look, okay, I'm getting on top, but I'm looking to fucking hammer one and I'm going to attack because you have to swing. 
right? Mm-hmm. Unless unless the, it's spiked, you've got to offer at it. So the mindset to produce that outcome is what we're talking about here. And that mindset, that that set of cues, the pathway back to certainty is the same for everybody. It's certainty, picking it up like a motherfucker and attacking. Yep. And the fact is, coaches are getting super defensive because they're panicking because they got to win. They got to win. There's pressure. These guys are feeding their families through the performance of a bunch of young men. That's tough. Right. But the mindset that drives it is, is what we're talking about here. Yeah. So let's dive into that a little more. So let's just say, for an example, a kid is a freshman, sophomore, whatever, and his team is struggling. He might be struggling offensively, and he's got a coach that is implementing this these fear based this this fear based mindset of we have too many strikeouts, so we gotta just cut down fucking strikeouts. Let's dive into the tools and the filters he needs to look through in order to find that certainty, in order to or in spite of whatever's going on around him. Well, I would start with clarity. Okay, so clarity is power in the batter's box. It's a super difficult task. You got ball moving on two different planes. You know, you're standing there with a fucking little stick in your hand, a pole. Yep. Dude's throwing a round ball. It's hard. Um, you don't know what pitch he's throwing it. You don't know where he's throwing it. But we can play the percentages in that game. Clarity is power, right? We got we to gotta simplify. And for me, it, it always comes back to certainty. We don't know where it's going, but we have to expect that the ball's going to be there. And it's something that we can, if we make a good move and we stick our face on it, it's yes, yes, yes. And picking it up like a motherfucker. That's what it always boils down to. Always. We have to have certain total certainty because the task itself is so uncertain. And when, when we're letting the subconscious just do what it does, our timing which is super important to not strike out. You got to have timing and you got to have direction. The second a guy gets right and starts hunting, his timing just, his subconscious knows how to get there on time. Right. His direction cleans up when he picks it up like a motherfucker. That's all it is. Yeah. We can't control any of that stuff, but we have to control state. We have to control our focus to find certainty every time we pick it up. Because the only pitch that matters is this one. This one right here. Yep. That's the answer, man. Certainty. Picking it up like a motherfucker. That's yep. clarity. No doubt. That's good. And I think when it comes to, like, offensive work, so let's just say high velo machine, whatever you're doing that is super challenging, that is meant to be challenging, which is fine. I'm not knocking that at all. Um but if you, even if you do have a coach that is saying, we're doing this because we have too many strikeouts, whatever it is, whatever the mindset that he's placing on you guys, whatever filters that he's accidentally putting on their players, right? So for me, when I would, because I've experienced that, I'll be like, okay, well, obviously I know that if I'm facing high V low off the machine, my hack is going to be a little bit different than it is on the field. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find compensation patterns in order to put a barrel on it to get the outcomes that are needed in this drill, whatever. But I would just take a step back and be mindful of where I let my state go and, and, and the meaning that I assign to whatever drill is going on. Because obviously it's a, it's a fear-based meaning that has been implemented. But hearing it's one thing, but actually letting that seep into your subconscious and your conscious mind, is, is, that is a totally different thing. So I would think to myself, okay, this isn't game-like, it's tough, 
but what feels, what can I accomplish right now? What do I have to do to pick it up with fucking certainty and just abuse this drill, even if it's hard, right? And I knew that the, the biggest way and the quickest way I, I could get there was by controlling my physiology, right? By going up there fucking cocked up, primed up, like I'm going to go up there acting like I just hit two bombs, right before this, you know, like I was so, I would make sure I was so cocked up because I would look to my left and to my right and guys are frustrated. They're throwing their hands up. They're talking shit about the drill saying this is pointless. And I've been that guy too. Like I'm not perfect. I've been that guy too, but I'd be like, all right, I can't let myself go there. I'm going to go up there certain, carry myself as if, and I'm just going to narrow my focus and just try to fucking do damage and do damage every single pitch. Yep. Yeah, there's, well, there's a couple things there. I mean, uh, simulated velo with the machine, like, yeah, that's tough. Yep. Um, angle, machine work, stuff like that. Well, those are designed to help guys feel certain things. Um, angle toss, for example, which I love, it forces you to stay closed, right? Mm -hmm. It's a direction deal. As long as you go into that realizing, hey, the goal of this here is for me to feel certain things, right? To find a feel that, that I need in order to be my best in game. Um, in order to give yourself the best chance of finding that feel, you still have to what? Pick it up like a motherfucker. Yep. Because even though the machine is at an angle or even um, if it's not angled and it's regular, but it's just super high velo, once you've seen a pitch that's high velo, like your subconscious still knows how to gather, move, get itself on time, as long as we're letting the subconscious in and not thinking our way through an at-bat, right? So it would be great if the coach who was doing these things said, hey, guys, the purpose of this, we know it's super difficult, but we want you to feel this, this, and this. That would be great because that would take the pressure off but you can't expect it as a player. The answer, though, I'm going back to it. I'm going to beat the drum again, picking it up like a motherfucker so that you let the subconscious just do what it does. And the, the, the flow state is more likely to jump in when the task is, is different and hard. But just know it's not easy to get to that place um, with machine-fed stuff anyway. Right. Because our subconscious... Well, a lot of these guys have done enough machine work that their subconscious is figuring that out. Yeah, that's a good point. But mostly it's that it's it's the subconscious knows how to time itself up when it's the natural rich rhythm of a pitcher going through and delivering and and all of that. But it's about getting out of the way. Yep. And the only way we can do that is through certainty. Yep. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I played with uh, you know, the, I'm I'm just kind of switching gears here for a second. Because um, I kind of want to talk about this. I was looking back, reflecting on my own career, and I played with this guy at Southeastern. His name's Colton Onstott. Older guy when I was there. Big, burly beard, country dude, you know. And um, final his final season came around, so 2020 or 2021. And my guy completely ruptured his ACL. I mean, completely blew the bastard out. It was like not even partially attached. It was gone. And he, he needed full reconstructive surgery. He's like, well, I mean, I'm 24. 
like th- this is my final year. Like I'll just I'll just deal with it. And we're all like, what? What do you mean? You're just gonna deal with it? I'm like yeah, I'm just gonna deal with it. And this dude hated hitting off the machine. Hated it because he, it just wasn't his thing. Now this dude could mash. I mean, he could mash. He went to he was at a junior college in New Mexico, I think, and my guy hit like 500, which is unheard of. You know, point is he was a dude, but. He very easily could have been like, yeah, I'll just have Southeastern pay for the surgery and I'll sit out and try to get, you know, one more year. But he's like, nah, man. He's like, fuck it. I'm going to go out there and play. And he hated the machine and he wouldn't swing it well off the machine. But instead of letting himself break bad, he'd come out of the cage and be like, hey, that was a pretty fucking good round there, wasn't it? You know, he just played it off. And my guy went out there, couldn't even run the bags. As soon as he would get on first or whatever, most of the time it was a bomb, he would have someone run for him. He still hit over 400 with 10-plus home runs with, with, with the blown ACL. How many guys do you know today would do that with a blown ACL? Uh, no, it, it just doesn't happen today. Um, I don't know what that's – a, that's a different topic, though, the whole, in, oh, the whole injury thing. But I credit the staff. You got a guy who's getting carved by the machine. A lot of guys would – would make evaluations, say, well, that guy, that didn't play here. Yeah. And he, he wouldn't even have gotten a chance to hit in game. So I credit the coaching staff and I credit him for being able to shift his focus and see the machine work for what it is. Unfortunately, though, a lot of these guys are in a situation where they have to produce against the machine. No, oh, yeah. Point the point I was trying to make was that. He was just a freaking man about it. Yeah. You know, he was just a man about it. He didn't complain. You never heard him on the side limping after he struck out or popped out, limping back even more and making excuses. He didn't. You can't control the work you do at practice. You can't control whether or not you get freaking chirped and you got that fear-based stuff being implemented into the program. You can't control that. But you can sure as hell control the action you take afterwards and what you allow to seep into your mind. And, and affect the way you play. Because that's what it all comes down to, is whether or not you are going to man up, find some testicles, and go out there and pick it up like a motherfucker, regardless of, of, of the circumstances that are placed in front of you. And that might be the single biggest takeaway for everything that we're doing here, is we can't control what's going on around us. We can't. Um, especially if it's coming from the coaching staff. But part of being a man, part of mental toughness is to be able to find our way back to being cocked up, to continue doing our thing with freedom, picking it up like a motherfucker and expecting a positive result in spite of all that. So the, the darker it gets, the more fear-based it gets, the more I'm cocking up. You have to. That's what men do. And here's the awesome thing, is that fear shit that's spreading, uh, it's darkness, shine bright. The light is the only way to, like, you know, get rid of the darkness. Shine bright. Because if you can find certainty when everybody else is feeling massive uncertainty, uh, the, guy who, the guy who is most certain is going to influence the people around, around him. That's, what leader, that's how leaders emerge. Leaders are more certain than ever, everybody else. And... If you're in an environment that's fear-based, somebody has to. 
Somebody has to be that guy. Oh, yeah. So the darker it gets, the more certain you've got to be. And it's a choice. Oh, 100%. Cock up now. Yeah, and this is for these guys listening. Why not you? Why not? You know what I mean? Like, so many guys have this imposter syndrome working, or they have in the past, they haven't come through clutch in big moments. You know, they, they've let that darkness creep in, that fear. Fuck all that. You can be that guy emerged, consumed with fear and self-doubt and a lack of control in your, of your state right now and make a conscious decision right now to be fucking somebody else. Boom. Right now. Yep. And that's it. And no, no compromise, no going back. I am going to be that guy from here on out. Because if you can figure that out now, it doesn't matter if you're a senior or if you're a sophomore in high school or you're a freshman in college. It doesn't matter. If you can figure that out right now, that shit's not only going to help you in your career and help you tap into the most potential you got, but it's sure as hell going to help you afterwards. Because if you think you need certainty and confidence now in a game, just wait till you're out of the game. Because it's just as important, if not more. Yeah, the, o- the only moment that matters, like if, if you're afraid to step up because you haven't been that guy, um, yeah, that's, that's fucked. That ain't it. The only, matters, the only moment that matters is this moment right now. What's here right in, right in front of you. And I'm not suggesting that you cock up and run around and tell everybody that you're the leader and you're the man and there's too much darkness, and you're the light. Don't do That's that. Not, no, please don't do that. <laughs> We're talking about the shift in thinking that's going to get you cocked up so that you can perform and be your best because the people around you need it. You still have to be humble. You can't go around being the guy that says you're going to do it. Just be the guy that does it. That's what we're suggesting here. It's good stuff. Just like we're not asking you to be a selfish dick that, that's swinging uh, to hit a pole side bomb in you know, a hit-and-run situation. No, we're saying pick it up like a motherfucker and hunt so that you can produce a barrel because that defensive approach fails every time. Yep. It's about the shift in psychology. That's it. To produce a team outcome, right? Yeah. You'd think that that would not have to, like, be said, but I promise you there are people out there right now going, now these guys are, they want everybody to be me guys like they are. Oh, of course. Yeah. That's not what we're saying. Yeah, that's, I've run into that a lot, especially over the past week. You know, I, I made a post that was uh, kind of pushing the envelope a little bit, and the amount of bullshit I got back, hate, which, you know, you can't, it's like anything. You just can't let it creep in. It is what it is. People aren't going to agree with everything you say and fuck it. Move on. Yeah. You know, so, so if you find yourself in that spot where you're in a situation where your coaches are pressing the panic button because you're not, because people are striking out too much or whatever the hell the situation is, don't let it seep in. Be that one guy that controls your state and narrows your focus in spite of what's going on because I guarantee you, that is the quickest way to not only have them shut that panic stuff down, but it's also going to make everybody around you better. And that's, that's what baseball is, and that's what the end goal is. So, Yeah, the answer, it's that same beating the same drum. It's certainty. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. And then it goes back to being a subconscious thing that you know how to do. Your body will, if you can get cocked up and free and pick it up 
with certainty, you're much more likely to produce the outcome. That's yep. the bottom line, and it doesn't matter. And if you produce the outcome, then you're not going to get chirped for striking out anyway. Yep. Because you're not going to take cock shots because you're paralyzed in fear. Yeah. And trying to consciously think your way through an A-B. Dude's throwing 96 with a hammer. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> going to think your way through that? Yeah. No. Not gonna Pick happen. it up like a motherfucker and hunt. That's, That's it, it right there? Yeah. 